The WNBA Finals Game 2 episode of the WNBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times your money. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN, Underdog Fantasy, for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. If you want to get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com, that's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped manscaped.com and use code SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the WNBA Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, really real. It's real from Virginia here at your service. Right, it appears that uh, Terrell's having some technical difficulties, so he's going to try to get that fixed. But it is time to get into game two of the WNBA Finals between the Liberty and the Aces. Should be fun. I'm Scott Rochelle, but either way, point is Terrell should be back. I don't know, his connection's kind of been iffy for the last day or two. So he's trying to overcome those issues, but hopefully they, they get fixed at some point during the show. Either way, a uh, point is it should be fun uh, going through the second game of the series. We saw the Aces take game one after a pretty dominant second half uh, from really all the stars from the Aces. You ended up seeing Jackie Young, for example, play well. You saw Asia Wilson play well. You saw... Uh, Point God almost got me that double-double, which would have been a lot cooler if she got there. I think that was a plus 410 price, but she ended up falling a bit short. So either way, point is uh, you saw the Aces take care of business at home, and now the Liberty have to respond because they might be in danger of falling behind 2 nothing. As for the actual... Uh, I'll get into the spread and the total in a second, but for the sake of Game 1 takeaways there... Does seem like the main story to me was the adjustments made by the coaches, or I should say the coach, because the Liberty didn't make many adjustments in the second half. You saw the Aces actually trail at the half by three, so it looked like the, the Liberty were ready to go. I thought the Aces would come out firing, and it was a very high-scoring first half, but the Liberty did a good job of setting the tone early. Then you saw that it went into halftime, and after that, the Aces took over the game as they outscored the Liberty by 20 in the second half, outscored the Liberty 26-16 to in the third quarter, then 27-17 in the fourth as they ended up pulling out the win by 17. And I mentioned the stats a second ago, but I'll go through the specifics. Jack Young tied for a game-high 26. You saw Kelsey Plum also put up 26. She was great. Only went one for seven from three and still had 26 points. Gray had 20 points and nine assists. Once again, I had her double-double, which was a bit unfortunate that she fell a bit short, but she was good as well. And Asia Wilson had 19 points, only took 11 shots. So she was very efficient with her usage. But the point is she did definitely perform well with two, uh, three blocks and two steals, eight rebounds as well. But Asia kind of, I don't want to say took a back seat, but it seemed like the Liberty were game planning more to prevent her from actually having an insane offensive game. And you ended up seeing the backcourt of the Aces step up in that situation. As for the Liberty... It was really an underwhelming showing by the backcourt. That was the story of the game. You saw Brianna play well. Uh, she only went 8 of 19 from the floor, but she did have 21 points and 9 rebounds. You saw John Quell play well. She ended up going 
for 16 points, 10 rebounds. I don't know why she attempted three three-pointers, but she went 0 for 3 on those. Still 7 of 12 from the floor. So, I mean, yeah, 7 of 12 from the floor. So she went 7 of 9, basically, in the paint for the game. So John Quell was pretty solid. Vandersloot was okay, had 10 points, 6 assists. And besides that, Unescu did nothing throughout the entire game. She only had 7 points, had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 of 7 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3. I've mentioned this before, but it does seem like the Liberty have had a really hard time of getting Yanescu consistently involved in the offensive attack, which I think is a really, really just a dumb strategy by uh, Sandy and the rest of the coaching staff because Yanescu is definitely their second best player. You can argue maybe third based on how good John Quell's been during the playoff run. But there's no world that Unescu in 34 minutes should only be attempting seven shots. And I feel like that's once again an indictment on the coaching staff because Unescu has been that good. She's that talented. And I've been criticizing the coaching staff for the Liberty for the entire playoff run. They don't do a good enough job of scheming Unescu open or getting her involved in primary ball handling responsibilities. They constantly tell her to stand in the corner. They let Vandersloot run the offense or Brianna run the offense. And it just seems like Yanescu is too talented to take a backseat in this offensive attack. And yet that's what she does for most of the time. So that's really the main call out that I have for the Liberty. It's the coaching staff, which I thought was going to be a problem in the series because I do think that when you're comparing the coaches in the series, the Aces have a by just a better coach by far, which I thought was why the Aces would eventually win this series. But they got to scheme Unescu open. They got to get her more looks. She, there's no way she should only take seven shots in 34 minutes. That's insane. And I think that's something that the Liberty need to adjust on in the second half. But besides that, the rest of the game went... Once again, kind of like a tale of two halves because the Liberty were good early, then they crumbled, and the Aces really upped the intensity on the defensive end in the second half as they only gave up 33 points after halftime after allowing 49 in the first half. But simply put, the Aces definitely seemed to be the team that was worthy of being favored throughout the entire year, and it seemed like they were fully ready to embrace the intensity of championship-level basketball I'm not saying the Liberty are screwed because it's only one game. And of course it is three out of five, but it just seemed like the aces had a certain intensity gear that the Liberty lacked during the course of that game. And that's why you saw a lopsided second half, but hopefully the Liberty can respond well, because if not, then the series might end in a hurry because no offense to the Liberty. I know how great the crowd is in New York. If they go down to nothing, I don't expect them to return to to uh, Vegas for Game 5. I think the Aces would either win Game 3 or Game 4, and it would be a relatively short and underwhelming final. But this was the matchup we all expected throughout the entire season, and it would be a pretty underwhelming finish to what has been a very good season if one of these teams just buries the other in the final, since this is what we were kind of waiting for for months, because I don't think anybody gave any other WNBA team a realistic shot of winning the title this year. Not to mention the fact that Candace Parker still has not played. And I know that she actually got the walking boot taken off. She's not going to play in this game, uh, but there are some rumors she maybe can return in the end of the series. I don't think she's going to, because to be honest, I don't know why you'd rush her back if your team's been that good anyway, but that's something to keep in mind. So either way, the point is it definitely should be a pretty fun 
remainder of this series. we got to start off in Game 2. It appears that Terrell's internet has not cooperated, so I am going to do the solo for now. Hopefully, he'll come back, but until then, it's just going to be me. So starting off with the actual spread and total for this matchup, you have the Aces once again being favored by 5, and the over-under is around 171.5. I believe the total is around 171 in game one, so it went up about half a point, which makes sense because game one did land 181. So they were expecting to see a little bit more scoring, but it also it also it also did not move up that much, which kind of surprised me. I thought it might move up a point or two. But we have seen throughout the entire playoffs when you have consecutive home games in one particular series, the line typically does not change that much. You have an exception here or there where it might go up a point or two. But for the most part, it tends to be an exact repeat of the betting numbers and betting spreads and totals from the first game or the previous game. And that is what we see here in game two. Now, for the sake of this matchup, the question is, do I think the Liberty can take that first half effort where they led by three early and carry it over into an entire 40-minute game? I don't know. Because the Aces are really good at home. We saw that they were 20-2, and two, including the Commissioner's Cup in, in uh, Vegas this season. So that's why I did think the Aces would win game one. I didn't think it would go that way because, once again, I thought the Aces would get out to an early lead. And I thought that the Liberty would struggle it, uh, from the get-go. And that was not the case. It actually took some adjustments from the Aces to blow it open. But the point is, I do think that the Aces are just so difficult to actually beat that I have a hard time of fully picking the Liberty to go into Vegas and win. Charlie, you back? You good? Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm okay. here. Cool. So uh, I was talking about game uh, one, and I'll let you go for I already went through it, but I'll ask you anyway since you're back. you have any takeaways from game one? You don't want to uh, before we talk about that, got to talk to you about Underdog Fantasy because Underdog has introduced Scorchers 5 for 5 and Pick'em Scorchers with us. Enjoy a nice spicy 100 times X payout. And for a limited time, you can uh, get your first deposit bonus up to $500. And 100K Sunday is still going on. Underdog, where's my 10K, man? I'm entering. I de- Use me as the scapegoat. Use me as the scapegoat for the people to get them to continue to joining, joining the process. Let me get the 10K. So sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Double your first deposit up to $500. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Look, man, it's Balloween. Whose idea was this? Whose idea was Balloween? I don't know if I love it or if I hate it or if it's a combination of both, but this is all great because they have your new handyman, you know, kind of like Candyman, but it's actually the handyman. That's going to help you get rid of all of that stubble. The handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. And it's the sweetest trip treat for halloween so go to manscape.com get it for your man get it for whoever get it for yourself use code sgp for 20 percent off plus free shipping it, it, it's great you get to take care of the facial scape and you can take care of your manscape and they got everything they got the handyman with this skin tape skin safe technology you got the beard hedger that's gonna uh, tame your mane and everything up above the neck you can use that beard hedger for and it's just great they give you a whole bunch of different 
cutting lengths too. So, you know, me, I'm a one and a half inch guard. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You, Hey, if you know, you know, they give me the guard that I need and I can, you know, line things up, trim things down, get exactly where I need to be up top and down low. 20% off plus free shipping. Use code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use code SGP at manscaped.com. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. All right. Technical difficulties. Still probably some technical difficulties, but we're going to try to push on before it breaks again. However, I, I was listening to your breakdown uh, as I was not getting my power rankings in for NFL that they've been asking for all morning. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you you can that. go ahead. You go ahead and do that while I'm talking, and all then right, when well, I throw it yeah, back, I, to I already you, ranted for like ten minutes, so you can go ahead. So, for me, I heard everything you said because for some reason I was I was here, but I wasn't here, and I think I'm back. And so, uh, the I do agree that Sabrina Ionescu was a little underutilized. I think that that was kind of the defensive game plan going into uh, this series for the Aces was they're going that Sabrina Ionescu can 100% beat them, and we've seen it. I've seen it in person in New York where she's gone for 30 plus, and they buried this team, and they had no answer for. Her. And that's kind of, you know, not to jump too ahead of the breakdown, but I see that changing in the foreseeable future. Like, she's just too good to be held down for too long. Like, I don't think that they can keep this up for an entire series. I think that they had a really good game. And, you know, a lot of things went well for them, and they were still down at the half. Like, Sabrina Nescu wasn't going early. Brianna Stewart wasn't going early. You weren't getting the big contribution from Benaja Laney like you saw in that Sun series. However, Jacquel Jones got off to a hot start. Marie, uh, Marine Johannes came off the bench and was cooking, and they were up two at half. Two, what was it, two or three, something like that at half? And then you know the wheels fell off, and it felt like every shot was going in for the Vegas Aces. You had almost all four stars in in twenty points uh, for this game. I know we were fating Jackie Young. She had twenty p. She was the game leading scorer. I think she was. Uh, you had Kelsey Plum. You had. Uh, Chelsea Gray, all of them in 20. Asia had 19. Like they were absolutely cooking. And I feel like the offensive end, that was probably like one of the better games that they're going to get offensively. But just defensively, the Liberty just could not get all of their stars going at the same time. And that's really what killed them. And they still scored 80 points. So I- I'm a little bit more optimistic about game one. I kind of hate to see the wheels fall off in that second half like it did. But hey, and now we're here in game two. Uh, Liberty's Liberty's still here as five point dogs in Vegas for game two. Vegas Aces up 1 0. Total sitting at 171 and a half. I, I just don't think that they can keep this. I don't think they can keep the stars on the Liberty down for too long. And I think they got the a really good offensive game last game, last time around. I'm not certain if everybody is clicking offensively on all cylinders like that. And then uh, the, the key person in this series for me Benaja Laney and what her defense is going to bring on the other side of the court didn't really like help at all like all stars really kind of got off so I expect to see a better defensive effort from the Liberty in game two you know just overall in terms of uh 
what is it called in terms of basketball playoffs or series in general, we like to kind of back game to unders because the defense picks up and these two teams a little bit more familiar with each other. The second game kind of goes under, I think an under game kind of goes the way of the Liberty here where they, they play really good defense like they did in multiple games against the aces, holding them to under 70 points multiple times. And this is opportunity where, Hey, now you can scheme Sabrina Yanescu open. You see that, hey, we got to get her more touches. We got to make that adjustment. She's got to be in this game for us. Brianna Stewart's got to play like a freaking MVP and take over a game. And, you know, I, it, it feels like it's we're not asking for a lot, but it, the execution is just not there sometimes. I think the execution is there in game two. I'm going back with the Liberty here, plus five, and sprinkle on the money line. I think we're 1-1 going back to New York. Well, I'm going to ask you, do you agree with what I said to end my brief, my, to end what I, my overall talking points, which was, if the Liberty don't win this game, we're not going to return to Vegas for Game 5? I'm not going to 100% say that, because I've seen yes. this Liberty team play at home, and really, really good at home. I think that it's very concerning if they do lose this game, because of just, one, how good the Liberty have been on, you know, after a loss all season, even in the playoffs. Uh, so that would be extremely, extremely concerning. I don't think I would automatically flip the pick because I don't think it's automatically over. I would need to see a game three and how they look. But uh, it's definitely, of course, is is highly unlikely because you only it's only best of you know five. So one more win and it's over. So uh, I'm not going to 100 percent say it's over going back after if they lose game two. But the urgency has to be here. You have to you have to think they have to think it's over. I may not think that, but they have to 100 percent think if we do not win this game tonight, it is over. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that they need to bring the mindset of a desperate team. This is an elimination needs- game. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's an elimination game. Because even if you do think we're going to be back here for game five because you think that they're going to win the next two games in New York, conceptually, beating the Aces three games in a row is almost impossible, conceptually. Mm -hmm. I know that, of course, it's doable, but when you have a dream team against a dream team, you can't fall behind 2 nothing and expect to come back, as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see what happens there, but... Do you have any other takeaways or any key matchups you're looking for, either based on game one or just looking forward to game two? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm I've already kind of gave my game two analysis of how no, I know I was wondering if you had yeah. anything else you wanted to uh, add. It I think that they just have to continue to dominate on the boards and they, they have to play defense, man. Like it was just way too like watching that game. It was just way too many open looks way too many. Like it was, it was just a pure out coach job by Becky Hammond and being able to get her team to the basket and getting them the looks that they want to be able to score the basketball. I mean, you scored 99 points and I know every, if it's anything like it was, Back in New York, when they got to that 99, everybody in the in the whole arena was, hey, get to 100, get to 100, get to 100, because that's the rivalry. That's what's going on between these two teams. They want to one-up each other. The Aces went 54% from, well, really 57, 55%, 55% from the field, 41% from three. Like, you can't, you can't do that. And I, I you got like- you can't do that I, at all. Yeah, I was going to say, especially I know the Aces are a great offensive team, and once again, the environment in Vegas is incredible. You can't show up for game one of the finals and allow the opposition to shoot roughly 55% from the floor and 41% from three. The three-point shooting, you can argue, is just based on variance. You're going to see that number come mm-hmm. down automatically. But it felt like Vegas was wide open on pretty much every single shot throughout the yeah. entire second half. Yeah. 
it, it the second half was all their way, like the completely their way. And you look at the Liberty, and you're like, their numbers aren't bad. Forty six point four percent from the field, thirty one percent from three. Like it's not bad, but you can't put like I think the Liberty had a pretty decent game with Sabrina Ionescu only taking seven shots for seven points, but. I, I mean, you can't give up that much production. They have to turn it on defensively. And luckily, defense travels. So I think that's an adjustment they can make. If they could not score the basketball, I would be concerned about a game two. But the fact that they were able to score the basketball, they were able to still manufacture 82 points with their second best player effectively not being in the game. Uh, I think that this is a pretty good opportunity for them to be able to bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Aces in this one. I think the Liberty are going to keep it close for a longer period of time. But it just seems to me, once again, that Becky Hammond's the better coach. I don't think it's really close. And I think that the Aces will once again be able to use the crowd support to carry them to the finish line. I think it's going to be difficult. I'm not saying the Aces win this game by a blowout margin again. But I do think the Aces find a way to win by about eight, give or take. It's going to be close to the number. But going into Vegas and winning seems more and more difficult with every passing playoff game because the crowd has been so great over there. I just wonder once again if Yanescu is going to step up. I hope she is. But even in the even in the closeout game against Connecticut, she only took eight shots. She's taken a combined 15 shots in the last two games, which is inexcusable from, from a coaching perspective. She's your second best player. You have to get her the ball. And it just seems like the Liberty... I don't want to say I have a misunderstanding of the hierarchy with their team, but it just seems to me like the ball doesn't always end up in their best player's hands, which is kind of inexcusable at this point in the playoffs. I think she's the best player because teams are you when you look at this, you don't see teams double teaming Stewie. Yeah. Which is really crazy. Which is really crazy. Stewie has multiple MVPs. I think she's the best player on the team. You can make an argument she is, but the fact is the the best, best player on the team has taken 15 shots combined in the last two games. Two pretty and, important yeah. games. That can't happen. And I agree with you. I think that she they have to scheme her open because the other team is scheming her out of the game. Like, this isn't just she's she doesn't want to. Like, this is a shooter. And she's not taking shots yeah. because she doesn't want to take shots. She literally cannot take shots because as soon as she gets the ball, she looks up and it's three jerseys in her face. And so... Uh, and that's why, you know, the assist numbers have been up for her recently is because she has to get the ball out of her hands because they're double teaming her every possession. They're uh, putting the best defender on them, putting her on the baseline, make it forcing her to be kind of a more of a spot up shooter rather than somebody that controls the game with the ball in their hands. And it's really it's really, really tough. And this really, really reminds me of like how we saw the defense of. Sabrina Ionescu before Brianna Stewart got there, before Jacqueline Jones got there, before Courtney Vanderslip got there. Like, this is how teams were defending her. They were just taking her out the game and begging anybody else to beat them. And it's crazy because now it seems like teams are taking Sabrina out the game and begging a super team of people to beat them. And they have to step up. Courtney Vanderslip has to shoot better than four for 11. I mean, Vinaja Lady has to hit those outside threes. Like, you have to get the production from everybody else if you're going to let them scheme Sabrina out. Or you have to rebound. Excuse me. You have to rebound and get Sabrina some freaking touches and some looks at the basket. Because once she gets going, she's not stopping. And there's nothing that's going to stop her. And ultimately, that's kind of where I'm putting this. 
this game at and how I see the Liberty getting the win back. I just think that there's nothing that's going to stop her in this one. So uh, I'm taking Sabrina Ionescu points over. I'm taking Liberty money line as a nice little dog parlay piece because I really can't see a situation at the Liberty win this game and they don't get Sabrina Ionescu going. Yeah, for me, I once again just think the Aces are the better team in this spot. And I think that Becky Hammond will make some adjustments anyway, despite winning. It just felt like the entire game won during the second half that Sandy was a step behind. That's what it seemed like to me. I just thought she got outcoached, and I didn't think it was that close. So I'm going to go with the Aces in game two. I hope I'm wrong because we waited for this final series for several months, basically the entire season, and I would hate for it to be a dud. But I think the Aces are the better team. I think they're better coached, and I do think at home they're going to be able to get the job done. I don't think the Liberty are going to roll over, but I do think the Aces do enough to get the job done. And you're on the under for this game, correct? Are you back? Am I here? I think so. Yeah, I'm on the under. Before okay. we get anything, I've got to talk to you about it's because this analytics platform for this player about saying game lines, NBA, soccer, they have a revolutionary parlay optimizer. They'll give you the expected probability of your entire parlay. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users using Hall of Fame bets. Download Hall of Fame bets app. Or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGP to get 50% off your first month. Today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. As I try to switch over, what do you like on the player prop realm, sir? All right. Uh, so for the player props, I uh, first of all, I think I have to go back to the uh, Aces side. I got to at least mention some of the top tier players on this team. I questioned Jack in game one, and she came through. So she did a good job there. Kelsey was really good in game one as well, and she wasn't even that great from three. I think I have to go back to Kelsey uh, at 19 and a half points. You're looking at the over, and it's actually a pretty cheap line, but she was great in game one, and she couldn't hit a three-pointer to save her life, and it just felt like the Aces got whatever they wanted in the backcourt. That's really the story of the matchup for me and what I saw in game one. It was the fact that Jackie and Chelsea and Kelsey really got whatever they wanted the entire game. And Plum attempted 19 shots, which led the team, went 10 of 19, once again, 1 of 7 from 3 for 26 points. I'm on the over for Kelsey. I think that when you're looking at her aggressiveness offensively, her willingness to take a bunch of shots, we know that Kelsey's not shy to keep shooting. And I do think looking at her output in Game 1, the fact that she had that many points while only making one three-pointer tells me that she has a couple of ways to actually get the 20 in the spot. I'm going with Kelsey over. The Aces have so many weapons, and it felt like the Liberty did what they had to do to stop or limit Asia, I should say, because she was still efficient. She just didn't do as much. The backcourt differential between these teams is becoming increasingly noticeable, and I think Kelsey's going to benefit from that. So give me Plum over 19 and a half. Yeah, I mean, now I think that we kind of get into a point where – the MVP is about to start making themselves known of this series. Whoever that's going to be is starting to, they're going to make themselves known in this series, especially if you're on the Aces side. One of these Aces players is probably going to, you know, reach that 2025 category. And I don't see why it can't be Kelsey Plum. She had 26 and she went one for three from one for seven from three. So imagine if her three point shot gets going, she very well could be the person that rises above the cream of the crop here. I am going back to Jacqueline Jones. She had a really good game, man. We were really, really close to that 20 for uh, plus 410. 
And she had, I think she had like 14 points at half. And then that whole second half, the wheels just fell off for the Liberty team overall. I'm going to go back to her and I'm going to take her for over 15 and a half again. And I will take the 20 plus, probably a little bit cheaper of a price now, uh, plus 220. Yeah, very much. They cut it in half, actually. But I think that's because they know that she was absolutely cooking them in that first half. And um, now you're sitting here and you look at, uh, where, where they're going to need to find more production if you're not getting it from Sabrina Inescu it's got to be Jacqueline Jones who you brought over from the Connecticut Sun and it's got to be her being able to mid-range go it, go inside the paint get offensive rebounds get putbacks like be able to just add another level of scoring to this team so I'm, I'm still backing the Jacqueline Jones train she was the best player for this team I think in game one that's arguable with Stewie, but I think she was the best player. So that's who I'm back in. John Quill Jones, over 15 and a half. I think I have to go back to John Quill, too, uh, either with rebounds or with points or both. She's really the only, as I mentioned, the backcourt disparity between these teams. She's getting whatever she wants in the front court because I don't think that the Aces actually have players that can guard her. Stokes can't guard her. She's too big for Asia to guard. I think you're looking at, once again, John Quell needing to be aggressive, needing to get a bunch of shots. And I do think that she's also a threat anytime there's an offensive rebound chance because, once again, the Aces can't stop her. So I do like John Quell. We saw her win the Commissioner's Cup MVP because of how good she was against the Aces in that matchup. I think she mm-hmm. has to keep rolling. So I agree with you about John Quell. I think she has to have a good game. I think this is, yeah, on the rebounds, too. Uh, I think on on the glass, she'll have a good one. I know she was at 11.5 last game, didn't get there. She was at 10, but I still kind of like going over 11.5. I like playing uh, any form of Jocko Jones' 10 rebounds, and however they may do the popular parlays, if you see a Jocko Jones' 10 rebounds or anything like that or anywhere, I think that they both can have very good days on the glass. Uh <sighs> Somebody on this Aces team is going to go under. I just don't know who I would want to take it on. I think this is still a low-scoring game. Jackie and made it, me eat my words in game one. So I don't know if I can go back to fading her game two, but yeah, I, I don't know if I can most likely candidate. Yeah, I would like to think so. I can't get there. I can't really get there on anybody. I know it's a play that I want to make, and everybody's plus money. Like it's a play that I want to make, and I'm very tempted to make. Do you want because I think this under? is under? No, sounds da- sounds dangerous. But she only took eleven shots in game one. It seemed like the Liberty designed their entire defense they, to keep her from cooking. Yeah, they play. They they guard her. They guard her pretty tough, man. It's, remember that game in New York? She had like her worst game ever. Yeah. <sighs> but Asia is just, Asia's just too much a dog. I can't I can't in good faith sit on here on a WNBA show and tell you to take Asia under twenty one and a half. I think I got to run Jackie back one more time and and dare her to do it again. Mm -hmm. If you think somebody has to go under, I think Jackie's the most likely. Yeah. I might roll the dice on that, actually. I might dare her to do it again. And if I lose, then, you know, she just made me look silly. That's fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. All right. We'll go Jackie. Or do we do the threes? Nah, I'll just take it. I, 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 let's just say that her usage overall just goes down in an under game. All right, under 18.5 for Jackie Young. I will be on that at plus 102. 
that's that's a very very nervous play. That that's by far not a lock, and I probably won't go too heavy on that play. But I, I think this is an under game, and so I think that you know there's going to be a lot of people that are out there that are making these same game parlays, and they're going to have all the aces players scoring 20, 25 points again, and it's not going to happen. But I am completely on board with the Sabrina Inescu train. Give me over 16 and a half plus 106. It's crazy. That's plus 106. And I'll take her up to 25 at plus 590. Because if she starts going, and really, should I just take the threes at two and a half minus 148? If she gets going, it's going to be from three. And she's just going to hit some unreal threes. And she's going to start jacking her total up. And it's you're you're gonna sit there and be like she does that like it's gonna look like the what's the three point contest all over again with some of the threes that she's taken in the all star game so I think that she's just gonna kind of find her shot on the outside and that's gonna open things up for her to kind of find things a little bit easier closer to the rim as they over pursue on the outside and start guarding her a little bit tougher on the outside she's able to slide through maybe a couple of backdoor cuts just some easy things to get her going because if she gets going they can feel very good about. Uh, making it back to New York in a 1-1 series. So I feel like I have to take Samarian Eskew in this spot because I am on a Liberty. Yeah, I think it's correlated. I'm not on the Liberty, so I'm once again questioning if Eskew is going to actually get it going in this game. All right. Let's go ahead and end this up. End this up. So lock, dog, player prop for my lock. Under 171.5. Just doing this is my game to bet. Just going back to my game to bet. Taking unders for my dog. Sabrina Ionescu, 20 plus, plus 190. Not going to get too cute. Just, hey, if I think they win the game, I think it's because Sabrina Ionescu had a good game. And even if they, she has a good game, there's a potential that they still can't win the game. So I'm just going to take the plus 190 with Sabrina Ionescu, 20 plus. For my prop. Jacquel Jones over 15 and a half minus 136. She had she was arguably the best player in that first game series. It came really easy to her in that first half. I expect her to have maybe not that good of a first half, but just that better of a game overall rather than this team completely dying in the second half. I don't think it's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. So I think that'll be a lot of those points concentrated majority to Sabrina Nescu and Jacquel Jones. So give me Jocko Jones over 15 and a half points, minus 136. All right. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I think I'm going to have to go back to the aces here. I really want to make a case for the Liberty to, you know, show up for the moment and bring it, but I don't like the coaching. And I feel like that's the story because I think Becky Hammond's a lot better. So I'm going to go with the Liberty uh, to not cover once again. I'm going to go with the Aces minus five. I think that line's a bit short. Once again, I think it might be close, but I do think the Aces do enough to win by eight or nine. So I'll go with the Aces to cover as my lock. For my dog, this is where it got tricky because a lot of the books are kind of slacking when it comes to providing... Uh, the 10-plus assist props and the player performance double stuff. I don't really see much for this game. So I think I might just have to go to a somewhat of a double down here. I'm going to go with Kelsey Plum, 25-plus points at plus 290. She had 26 in game one. She only went one of seven from three. So I think she's in line to play well once again. So give me uh, Kelsey Plum, 25-plus points at plus 290. And for my uh, prop in this one, 
I think I have to go back to point guard assists. I'm going to go to the over seven and a half assists for Chelsea Gray. She had nine in game one. I still think the backcourt's been the serious story of this series so far because we've seen how the Aces just got to their spots a lot e- more easily, and we saw how dominant the guards looked in comparison. I'm going to go with Chelsea Gray over seven and a half assists to get the job done uh, because I do think, once again, since she is the main just orchestrator of this offense that she's in line to have another very solid game from the point guard position. But I think Terrell lagged out again. So I think we're just going to end it out here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, point is find me on Twitter at rice show radio, find him at really real. And until next time, we're back for game three. Good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye everyone.